0: Welcome back to Official and Official. I'm your host, Johnny Juneton. We're here with a very special guest. He is left-handed pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. It is Logan Allen. What is up, brother?
1: What's going on, man? How are you? I I
0: appreciate you coming on, man. This is big time. There's one thing that I wanted to bring up here that I doubt people know. My buddy, uh, Bryce and Smith, told me about this. Do you have a pig at your house? Like, Do you have like a pet pig? Is this true?
1: I've got two of them. Yeah, so uh, they're actually at my, my family's house in North Carolina. Um, yeah, Ra- Rocky and Rambo. So Rambo's the oldest one. He's about 10 years old. He's probably a good 50, 60 pounds. He was a mini pig, but he's gotten a little fat. But uh, then I ha- we had another one named Rocky, who's, I want to say, maybe six, seven years old. Maybe less, actually. I'm trying to remember. And he's like... 25 30 he's tiny he's like a teacup pig it's like a dog runs (laughs) around how
0: did this come how did this come in because like obviously when you were a kid most of your buddies had dogs and shit and you have like pigs just rolling around the house
1: yeah so i couldn't have we couldn't have a dog because my brother philip with his tubes and cords around like little puppies and dogs love to chew and stuff and if uh my brother would get super uncomfortable when dogs would bark or anything like that And uh, my parents were afraid they'd bite through some tubes and medical supplies and stuff. So we didn't have a dog. And then one day we're in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, where we had a little cabin up there growing up. Uh, And there was a a place where they had teacup pigs, like you could buy as pets. And I'm like, oh, is this real? And sure enough, my mom was like, oh, my God, I have to have one. We had first one, uh, Rambo, and then we went back a few years later we're like looking around and she saw rocky and couldn't say no to him so um they've been at our house in Asheville, north carolina ever since and they're just like dogs man they're the cleanest pets i think i've ever had (laughs) i mean i have a i have a i have my own personal pet now he's somewhere over here knocked out but uh it's a ten-month-old Newfoundland poodle, a new doodle yeah. or whatever. So he's like a hundred pound, like yeah. bear fluff ball, ten months old, and it's just so different than having the pig. Like the pigs are always food driven, and like they listen to stuff as long as food. Like do treats just like dogs. <laughs> but if they're if they've eaten or whatever, like you could put him in the cage in his cage. He'll sleep there for. 12 hours straight <laughs> Man. they sleep so much it's the it's the most low maintenance pet and then you let them go outside we put them on like a leash that has like a long uh really really long cord so we can run around the backyard and they'll just sit there and graze in the grass and put their snout into the dirt and the soil and stuff because that's how they get some of their nutrients and whatever their vitamins for their body and you just bring him in a couple about an hour later and he's they're chilling. They'll sleep all day. <laughs>
0: that's electric, man. I mean, that's hilarious. And it's you insane. mentioned you're from North Carolina and you were committed to the University of South Carolina for baseball, correct? So did people in your mm-hmm. did, yep, did people was, in your town hate you or what was the deal there? Because obviously there's a little rivalry, right?
1: Yeah, a little bit. And it's not near as bad as like Carolina versus Duke, which, you know, I would have had half the town <laughs> loving me and half the town hating me. But it was more like I guess I kind of got a break around that time because of it. So, like, you know, I love North Carolina, but, like, I got a way better opportunity to play at the University of South Carolina as far as, like, it was the number one team in college baseball at that point, all the national championships. You know, growing up, seeing guys like Jackson Bradley Jr., Christian Walker, Michael Roth, like all these people come through there, um, you know, it was – awesome jordan montgomery too like seeing those guys come out of there so I, I committed there and i didn't get a lot of hate for it being from Asheville. like everybody kind of was like happy for me because they were just better than yeah. the tar heels were And now the tar heels baseball program is just nails dude, that's so.
0: hard the tar heels the tar heels baseball jerseys are unreal dude like they they have maybe the nice jerseys in baseball like i love those powder baby blues
1: Mm-hmm. all their gear like if they get a lot of the jordan yeah. gear and stuff too is like is is so sick like i'm a huge fan of the jordan stuff and um all their gear and stuff yeah you're insane.
0: a big shoe guy i see also on your instagram like what what's the most expensive pair of shoes you have
1: oh my goodness um so my mom would always describe me as a shoe whore <laughs> or that i had like a shoe fetish yeah. which she would tell people but um Gosh. So when I got called up to the big leagues, we're and our first trip was in New York. I went to New York and uh went to like, oh my God, what's the name? It's not Bloomingdales. It's like uh they actually went out of business, but it was like everybody would go um there to shop. So I got a pair of like these high top, like suede sneakers that were like dressy so I could wear with my suit and stuff. And I spent eleven hundred dollars on them and I thought I was gonna like throw up, but it was like, all right, I just got called to the big leagues whatever like everybody has the jays and, and stuff so i'd probably say that's the most expensive pair of shoes i bought if not uh i have a pair of louboutins that um i bought but I, I i don't know if they were more expensive than the um ones i bought in new york so i'm just a big j guy i got a, a pretty close relationship with john geiger and the guys that work for him um so i i, I rock his stuff all the time and uh obviously jordan
0: let's go into that high school career you went to img academy which is just a certified dog school for football baseball whatever what was your time like there and who was some guys that you got to see there in football baseball that you were just in awe of
1: yeah dude i uh, my experience i have like chills thinking you're talking about guys that are dogs in high school it was like insane so when i went there my junior year of high school was the first year, was the year before they had, like, all their new facilities. They had just finished a football stadium. Football team was uh, getting put together. Like, at that point, like, they had some dogs, but it wasn't, like, crazy. So uh, as far as baseball that year, we didn't have anybody that was, like, you know, unbelievable as far as, like, like recruits and stuff. You had me going to South Carolina, a guy named Luke Bonfield going to Arkansas. Um, Brian Rapp, who pitched very well at uh, Boston College. I think uh, he's with the Twins now, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, But the football side is where I, like, I met so many friends and stuff and got to be really involved. So my first day at school, um, you know, I had a roommate. that They were trying to figure out the roommate situation and stuff in the new dorms. And I walk in, and it is a humongous, dude, football. I mean, just huge and i don't mean like fat or like lineman i just mean like a like a brick shit house just humongous bro and he gets down and introduced himself and he's like i was like What's up, man? i'm logan there was something i'm bo uh scarborough <laughs> he was the the running back at the university of alabama yeah. after high school right and like i'm like this is insane like this guy's humongous I can't wait to watch this guy play so we get toward like first first football game or whatever I don't know runs for like 400 and something (laughs) yards like something absurd you're just like it it was like him playing against children (laughs) like little kids it was absurd and then it comes out that he he tore his meniscus right like early in the season the dude ran played on that the rest of the season and still broke the rushing record in Florida <laughs> and the touchdown record and all this stuff for a single year with a torn meniscus. I couldn't believe it. And then uh, DeAndre Francois yeah. was the quarterback at that point. Um, really nice guy. Um, I knew him. We had a lot of classes and stuff together. We talked a lot. And there's just a billion football players there, bro. They we're just dogs. I mean, Tyree, St. Saint, uh, Saint Louis, he's with the Patriots right now, I think. Yelda Froholt was with the Patriots. I think he's with the Texans now. But um, the two guys I probably got the closest to. Well, three guys at that point. One um, of my best friend in the whole world right now um, was Isaac Nauta. So my senior year, he came to IMG. Isaac was drafted. Uh, he was the tight end that went to University of Georgia. And then he got uh, drafted by the Lions. And then he just um, I think he got picked up off waivers by the the, the Packers. So he was in the playoff run with the Packers and stuff. And, you know, we, we yeah. see each other all the time. And then uh, my senior year was also Shay uh, Patterson.
0: Okay. I'm a Michigan quarterback man. that went to Michigan. I love Michigan. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Spats the man, dude. He was an awesome dude. Unbelievable quarterback to watch. Um, he was. He was, he's nails awesome dude and i really really was hoping he was gonna get a shot at the nfl early but he's working his way up now he's too good not to get in the dude. nfl one day man i'm telling you he's
0: hand up i roasted him a couple times last year he had a couple struggles but like i said he's at the university of michigan yeah. you take it bro.
1: he'll roast himself though he's that kind of guy too that he'll roast himself when he's not doing right he can he's one of those guys that really cares about like how he plays and how it affects people and stuff like he can take He he can take it that's one of the things i love about him is He's not one of those guys that gets beat down for playing bad and just lets it affect him in the future. Like he's, he knows he's he's had his time. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know
0: how much that guy probably pulled at Michigan. Like he probably could walk into any bar and it would be just game over. That guy. I don't know if he's wiped up. He might be, but he had.
1: I I I would agree with that. I mean, he's 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 a quarterback at Michigan. Handsome dude, like good dude. I think he was wiped up for part of his uh, college career, which I don't know if that's how you draw it up, but like, I'm sure he still had a pretty decent time. at the university. Oh, he probably you hundred
0: percent did he hundred percent did. And you're talking about quarterbacks. And I saw this last week on your Instagram story. Were you hanging out with Johnny Manziel?
1: Um, yeah, we were around him a little bit. We were, uh, getting ready to go play and, uh, play golf. And, uh, actually, so, uh, I'm Jason Kipnis and I are really close. Um, he's one of the guys that's met I've, that I've like looked up to for a long time. Was very good with me when I was in the minor leagues. Like even when I wasn't with him, we got to yeah. know each other. And then when I got to Cleveland, was just kind of a guy that really helped, you know, uh, help me be the big leaguer. I, I'm trying trying to be um, all the time. And his uh, business partner um, is a country singer named Chase Rice, legend. And now what people don't understand is Chase went to the rival high school I went to in North Carolina and is like a huge deal. Like he was like a football player, went to Carolina, played linebacker. Um, He played linebacker. Yeah. And uh, you know, he, it's like, he's like the guy that made it. Like you have a few guys from our hometown that have, have done certain things in sports, you know, you know, Darren Holmes, Cameron Maven, um, you know, Narbison went to that school, Justin Jackson. And then, you have chase rice who like you talk about cam and me and other people that have made it to the big leagues braxton davidson getting drafted in the first round and then you have chase rice who's just like oh this is the man so i uh you know kip was in town we're gonna play some golf and he said hey i got somebody wants to meet you and i was like well who he goes he's from your hometown he's pretty famous and he dropped he just (laughs) name drops that and i'm like one when Kip name drops that I felt like a weight was dropped on my toes. Like just you gotta know, look out, but like you know, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like I gotta like I gotta like take a few, I need a drink before I go meet him <laughs> because this guy's like, this guy's like a legend in our hometown, and like, oh yeah, like he wants to meet me, sure, okay. Yeah. I think Kip just knows I have like a soft spot for this guy. I'm like, okay, when I meet him, I can't like don't know fanboy, just play it cool, play it cool. Guy was. The nicest, nicest dude in the world for having like all the success and fame and everything he does, he was the most down to earth dude, so that was that was awesome. And then we're over at the place, he's like, Yeah, uh, Manziel wants to pop by and say hey, and I'm like, (laughs) What is going on? And I I talked to him for a little bit, we were just talking Cleveland and stuff because he uh, he lived at the same place that I lived last season we were talking about the city a little bit and, you know, apparently his golf game is pretty good. I mean, everybody hears stories about Johnny, but you know, he, he was very nice to me. Didn't have a single issue, but I, I definitely don't, uh, don't get too much into details with Johnny. Just let him, you know, let him talk and do his thing. And I think uh, like the next day he flew out to some, I want to say a football yeah. game or something, something he's doing. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, it was interesting. I got to, uh, see him and that's all because of you know kip and and chase and all their business partners but yeah it was a pretty wild like couple days of golf and like meeting people i'm like this is absolutely bonkers like this is bro insane. that
0: rolodex in your phone must be bumping if you got like if, if you got if you somehow got chase rice number and you're shooting chase rice attacks that rolodex is bumping bro
1: you know the one, the the one name that pops up still that drives me like that. I still look at it, or like my girlfriend will look at it and be like, "That's still so weird." Is every time, you know, Cena, John Cena, and I still text. <laughs> I get like a random, I'll get like a random text from him and stuff, and we'll catch up or a random hope, hope all is well or hey, I'm coming to AZ or whatever, and I'll just like see the name pop up on my phone, and I'm like that. Still doesn't yeah. seem real. Like, he, I grew up watching grew up watching him in WWE. Like, I still catch myself. if, like, you know, I'm alone at home and there's WWE on. I'll just flip it just on and him. just watch it. Like, yeah, that, that's the kind of thing that pops up. And I'm like, this is nuts. But in all reality, I'm still more, you know, in awe of guys like Kipnis and stuff I love all Kipnis, the time. Bro. Like some of the guys that carry themselves so well. He's an amazing dude. Amazing dude. So, like... You get you get in awe of some guys, but I I will say the one one guy that uh, you know I really fanboyed over, but I like hit it really well. And uh, Cal Quantrill is a huge fan of him too. One of our other starters because he's yeah, from he's from around he's me. From he's from, from Mississauga Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Toronto, and me being a huge hockey fan, uh, my girlfriend went to high school. With and uh, like they were like best of friends. They were little with awesome. Oh my athletes. god! And like that guy is the oh goal. Oh my right? god! <laughs> like, <I> got... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like that's the one that I was like, you know, we went to uh, to go over and catch up with him because he just gotten back from the season and just talk, just talk puck and hockey and everything. And like that, meet him. Awesome dude, phenomenal mustache. So good looking. He's so
0: uncomfortably good looking. He's uncomfortably good looking.
1: And he and he does it wearing flip flops and sweatshorts shorts twenty four seven. Like he's like, yeah, I'm a big flip flops guy and slides. And dude, I- <laughs> but like he was an awesome dude. And like Quantrill and I, like, I was telling I was telling Cal that I like Molly knows him super well. He's like, well, I don't fanboy much, but like if I get a jersey, like I would cry if he signed <laughs> it for me. I'm like, I'm like, bro, this guy is literally like Justin Bieber is in this guy. Yes. On the reg. and this guy's acting like it's not a big deal or whatever and then like he's on, he's on. like that's why I asked him I said like I got friends I got a lot of a couple of friends from Canada Naylor uh, Cal like uh yeah. Soroka like all those guys are from Canada I was like bro like they're telling me that you're on the side of buildings bro <laughs> like you're on like an like, a, a building like your whole Base, yeah you're yeah. on the side of a building like that's you like one, how are you this like low key <laughs> and humble, which is awesome. I think and that, that that's there's only a few guys I know that are as, not big as they are and as humble yeah. as they are. And the first one for me was, was Shane, Bieber, I, oh one of the most God. humble dudes in the world. Same guy every day, super humble, but, you know, Kip and Austin. I'm like, Austin, how are you like this humble? You know, like if I had, if my face was on the side of- Everywhere uh, in Toronto, everywhere, know, uh, uh, everywhere if my face was everywhere in Toronto, I don't know. I I might like, you know, walk around, like I might walk around, like I'm like a little cool, but like, like I was like, you're just sitting here chilling, talking about baseball and, Hockey, I'm just like you are. Literally a dude, god in Toronto. That's like,
0: cool that like guy like you that plays in the show understands how big Austin Matthews is, especially here because in here in Toronto, I guarantee you he won't he won't be able to walk around like like he probably can in Arizona or even just like go out to dinner with you or some shit, man. He he can't.
1: He can barely walk or walk walk around here in Arizona. Like, yeah, he's so dude. He's the, everybody loves him. He's the best. I think he's the best player in nhl and i'm a huge lightning fan so like oh yeah whole stammer cooch all of them but uh alex calorn big fan of calorn he plays plays really really good but i'm like this guy could walk around anywhere and someone would stop him like the guy's insane i feel like his favorite uh favorite day that he needs to be halloween so he can (laughs) go out not get Actually, recognized. you guys
0: get lucky now, though, bro, because now you guys could probably walk around with masks like guys like Shane Bieber and shit, and no one will really, like, recognize you guys. I guess, kinda. You can kinda recognize Shane Bieber and stuff, but, uh, any like, Austin Matthews, if he walks around the a mask, he's still gonna get noticed.
1: Like literally it's the hair and everything too right? everything
0: bro so yeah <laughs> so, and you mentioned the whole like john cena relationship thing you've probably been asked this a middle million times but i actually did some research on it credit to me humble brag you actually told him uh that if you made the show he owed you a dollar is that correct and then you did it and he showed up to the game
1: yeah so quick run through the story he, we were in tampa florida i was taking my uh my roommate in the off season had just uh, fired his agent because there was some crazy weird scandal thing going on with his yeah. agent, like super scummy stuff. So I said, Hey, you got to sit down with mine. Like my guy's like family, you know, he's uh he's awesome. So we'd go to ocean, ocean prime, which is when I, I told my agent, I was like, Hey, like, if I'm getting you this interview with uh, the guy's name was Ryan Stanek, like big time, yeah. big leaguer, great dude. Just signed with the Strohs. Uh, I said, like, I get to pick the spot because like, you, know, you normally eat at nice places, but Danny or my agent likes to like mix it up on here and there. So I'm like, no, nah, if, if we're doing this, we're going to ocean prime. We walk in together, go to meet him, go walk to our table. And it's the table directly next to John Cena. <laughs> and I'm like sitting down at dinner. I look at them, I was like, Hey, I can't focus. I need like 10 minutes to like collect myself. Cause like John Cena is like four feet from me right now. And like, I can't stop staring at him. We were going through dinner and like so my agents are kind of giving him the spiel, like, you know, how like they do business and all this. Hey, get out of here, kid. <laughs> get up there. Um giving him the spiel. And so I guess I don't know. He was sitting with someone uh named Colin who winded up yeah. uh, you know, he used to play baseball, he left-handed pitcher, and I actually helped get him uh, I contact, got him in contact with the Padres guy. He ended up being our, our left-handed batting practice thrower Hell in yeah. 2019, Colin Young. But anyway, so uh he knew who I was somehow. I guess he just followed baseball really well or whatever. So we're getting the spiel and I'm about, we're, we're about halfway through dinner and I feel these two paws on the back, on my like shoulders, <laughs> like to the point where I went, to the point where I just went like trapped up and I was like, it was like a hey, uh, Logan. You want to come over and have uh, come over and chat with us when you when you get done with dinner. When you get a chance, no rush, no rush. Just set it clear as day, and then proceeds to walk to the bathroom. And I couldn't even mutter out like a, uh, anything. I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I look at my, I look at my agents, and I was like, you guys need to hurry this shit up. Like, hurry it up. Let's get to check. I don't need dessert. Let's go. And uh, so Stanek was there with me, and. So I didn't want to go over there too early. Yeah, I tried to I play it cool. That. Like we're going to wait. And then 20 minutes later, he's like, I hey, just, Hey, whenever you want to come over, like we'll come over and chat. And I'm like, okay. He's kind of like rushing me over there. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I look at my agent. I was like, I was like, Hey, like beat it. Like we can finish the meeting tomorrow. Like something like, you know, it didn't really pertain to me. It pertained to my roommate. We're just yeah. talking about the company and whatever. So he had, uh, we go over and sit down with him. He had thought I was, uh, like getting harassed by an agent, like a bad representative. And he was like trying to pull me <laughs> out of there, like, like trying to be like a good yeah. dude. And, I, and he's like, you sit down, he's like, yeah, you guys look getting harassed over there or whatever. I was like, well, actually that, that's my agent, like already. <laughs> like, he's actually a really good dude. Like we actually, you know, we do good business together. It's just, he's um, having to give the spiel to him because he, he just fired his representation. He's like, oh, well, I had some really poor representation going into my yeah. career. So, like, you know, this is – you know, this is where we're at. And I'm like, okay. um, Just sitting there. And we started talking about, like, how I was a fan of him, my brother, all that stuff. And then we got uh, got a little visitor in the podcast. (laughs) today. Um, We started, like, just chatting about everything – anything. He starts talking about baseball. He's like, so – you know, you've really never experienced failure, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, you have a few games a the year like, that you don't pitch as well. You get you get crushed, whatever. But, you know, I just came off a season where I was like 14 or 16 and four with like a sub three in double A AA and triple A, yeah. like had the best year of my yeah. career, Texas League Pitcher of the year. I'm like, yeah, I didn't have a lot of failure this year. <laughs> like I really, really yeah. didn't. <laughs> He's like, oh, so like, you know, the odds of you making it to the big leagues are not good. I'm like, they're, they're not, because like 1% of 1% makes it to the big leagues. But I'm like, you know, I'm like a, a prospect or uh, whatever. And you know, I didn't say that, but I was like in my head as a freaking 19, 20 year old kid, 20 year old kid. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, like I'm feeling pretty good about myself here. Like, you know, like this is gonna be a no-brainer. And he's like, so I'm gonna play the odds, and I'm gonna bet you a signed dollar bill from from me that says you're you're not gonna make the digits. And I'm like, all right, like no-brainer. And then he's like, and I was just expecting, I didn't take, take him seriously as far as like he's gonna fall through with it, right? I'm like, okay, this was like a motivational thing, like, but like for a second, I was like, this guy's betting against me, like. <laughs> He was fading you. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was baiting me to be like, "All right, I'm gonna make to the big leagues." Immediately gives me his phone number, contact info, everything. Goes text me once a week, twice a week. Let's let's make sure we get this. Like, make sure I'm holding each other accountable. And I'm like, "All right, well, 2019, I don't make the team out of spring training. It was between three guys. Two of us had pitched in AAA and." And the other one hadn't been above high A, but uh, us two guys that were in triple A, last day of spring training, the team's already at the exhibition game. They're still trying to figure out who's going to be the fifth starter. I go out and give up seven. The other guy goes out and gives up eight. So we didn't really help ourselves. So we didn't make the team out of spring, but it wasn't our 40-man year or anything yet. I go to triple A, just pitching, doing my thing, doing my thing. And then I wind up getting called up. And before I can, like, text the guy, because his friend was already working, Colin that we had met was already our batting practice thrower. Yeah. Before I could text him and say, hey, man, I got called up, like, making my big league debut. I had already he, – uh, he had texted and said, I'll see you Tuesday. <laughs> and I was like – I'm like, what? So, they made this huge deal out of it. He comes, you know, is at the game in the owner's suite, like doing his thing. I obviously had a pretty, pretty good debut going seven shutty and getting a knock too. And yeah. Um, you know, right after the game out on the field, he was pumped. I mean, I was pumped. It was it was pretty cool. So, like, for him to um, follow through with his word and stuff like that was awesome. And he, he's a phenomenal human being as well.
0: Yeah, and dude, on that debut of yours, do you remember who your first out was?
1: My first out, uh, uh, first strikeout was Aguilar, but that didn't come to the third inning. And I love, I know his, uh, his really well, so that was like pretty fun for me. Yeah, but my first out, because so, I
0: know what it is. I'll, I'll just let the people know. You, you the MVP, ever heard of him, Christian Yelich? He grounds yes. out to a double play, little pull side double play, put him in your back pocket. What was that yeah. like to do that, to Yelich?
1: Yeah, that was sick. Yelly's a good dude, too, man. So not many people know this. This will be one of the first times I've said it. Actually, um, when I um, finished the game and everything, well, one, when I, uh, when I finished the game, Ryan Braun uh, made it a point to uh, look over the dugout and, like, kind of congratulate me and, and stuff. Because, I, I, I mean, I got him out the whole night, too, which – Yeah. But, um, you know, Yelly's just sitting in the hotel lobby – at the Omni, which is the, like the team hotel, and I'm walking back because I was still staying there because I just gotten called up. And as soon as I walk in, I see him sitting down. I'm like, "Oh wow, it's yeah, That's pretty cool. <laughs> Probably waiting for family or something." Yeah. And he uh, he stands up and follows me on the elevator. He goes, "Hey, I was waiting for you, man. Congratulations. That was that was really really impressive. You can pitch half half, half as good as that the rest of your career. It'll be a pretty good pretty long term big leader.
0: Yeah.
1: I was like thanks man like really big fan of you really big fan of yours actually <laughs> like you're you're a dog that, that was really cool but yeah so like the start of the game like I think it was first or second pitch might have been the first pitch Lorenzo Kane just hits a screamer into center field left center field and I'm like yeah. oh boy well okay I got the nerves out who's up next oh that would be Christian Yelich. all right, here we go. Go right from Lorenzo Kane to the MVP, and there's no outs, and I've only thrown one pitch. Oh, boy. <laughs> got him into a double play. Nerves went away. Then I got Braun to ground out to first, and it was like, all right, here we go. And then next thing I know, it's the seventh inning, and I'm fist bumping after punching the side in the seventh, and I'm like, all right, well, there it is. So it was It was unbelievable, man. It was awesome. And then you get that
0: Oppo single, and you just look like you're, you you've played in the majors for fifteen oh years. Oh my
1: God! I, like the the guys that have never seen me play before in the first base dugout, probably like Kinsler, and guys like that, and some of the people are looking at me like, who who is this kid? <laughs> like this is unbelievable. Yeah. Because because not only did I like do well, but like I'm I'm pitching against Brandon Woodruff. That guy is a dog he's nasty he's gross 97 to 100 with and he can then he can throw a 96 mile sinker that moves a foot and a half and you know he 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 was like 11 and one or something at the time like something eight and one whatever what he had stupid numbers yeah you know i get up my first AB and i'm like oh nobody on all right let's just have a little fun and you know i swing at a ball that looks like it's like down the middle and it just goes like this onto my hands and i ground out to second or whatever i'm like all right nerves nerves are out it's fine as long as i don't have to try to bunt guy throwing 100 (laughs) oh i get up my you know second ab i'm like okay well still a zero zero ball game that's kind of not fun considering like (laughs) yeah you know this guy's I i gotta outlast him right so he gets up throws a ball that was probably a strike it was close balls it I'm like, I look at the catch. I look at the umpire. I was like, dang, that was fast, huh? Like, just trying to make light of the <laughs> time minute I was like, dang, he told him to slow it down. Like, just have it a little fun. Bench warmers. Then he throws another one for a strike, and I'm like, all right, one one count. I'm like, okay, this guy, nobody on, nobody out. I'm making my debut. Like, there is zero chance he's throwing me anything but a heater right now. So I just, you know, I, I hit pretty well in the minor leagues. You know, humble brag, I, I, hit, uh, I yeah. hit pretty well. But uh, so I'm thinking, like, there's one piece of advice I got from this coach in Double if You can tag him in this video to confirm because he's going to he, – or, I'm sorry, in high A. And he's going to laugh so hard. He's, he's hysterical. A guy named Glendon Rush. Okay. Glendon Rush used to tell me as a pitcher when you get your ABs and stuff like that, like, you just got to turn the fan on. It's all about pull-side pop. So if you're a pitcher, <laughs> if you just – if you just are seeing it because you're not going to you're not normally going to be on time right he goes so like think you're going to try to take try to hit the ball try to hit it into the left left field third like the coach's box try to just <laughs> swing early like try to try to hit it a billion feet foul down third baseline because i hit righty yeah well i tried that and you know the guy throwing 98 plus provide the power and i hit a laser in the right center field and i'm like all right like that's great like you know Woodrush like pissed like wow he was on time he hit that no I was trying to pull it into the stands and <laughs> it, and I awful. just I just blocked it the other way but <laughs> I was like yo, know, I get to first base I'm all excited yeah, I get my you know first hit ball whatever and I got Aguilar who's a friend of mine who uh he's like congrats poppy but I, I don't like being your first strikeout and just hits me so hard in the chest I thought my chest was gonna explode but <laughs> so-
0: yeah, dude. I mean, that debut that was, was great. That debut was like literally it, when you grow up and dream about making your major league debut, that's like the literally definition. That was it, man. Yeah.
1: That was that was it. That was like, I'm like, this could have gone any, like the only way this would have went better is if I went the full game. And at that point, after fist bumping up four to nothing in the seventh, after punching the side, like, I don't know if the baseball gods would have taken care of me after <laughs> no going crazy after no. the seven shedding But it was... Uh, it was awesome, but like as far as missing hitting, I, I miss the hitting part of it. But I don't miss bunting, and I don't miss facing guys like Samarja and guys like like that that don't throw a hundred, but they just have so much movement on the ball. It was it was the hardest thing in the world to hit.
0: Have Have you go, ever got embarrassed at the plate? Like, give us a little background of you hitting in the major leagues, and you look like a, li- a little leaguer in the batter's box.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I, I got you. I, I got you here. So I'm <laughs> pitching against I'm pitching against the Marlins, and you know uh, to be fair, I'm getting my stuff kicked in. I'm getting I'm getting a first inning single walk homer, like I'm getting mashed. So, you know, as a starter, you're gonna have to wear it. So like I'm three innings in, it's probably like six or seven zero. It was a it was it was rough. I get up to the plate and I'm like, all right, like I got whatever, second and third, two outs. And, but we are sorry, it was probably like eight to three. We scored some runs. So I was like probably second and third, uh, no outs. And um, they're not making me squeeze, they're like swing away. And I'm like, All right. So I take the first pitch, fast, the first fastball he throws me, and I hit it like a billion feet foul. <laughs> like I, I I got this ball. I don't know how far it would actually went, but like yeah. I I, I, I will not maybe like a foul ball double. I wouldn't say foul ball homer, because I'm not I'm not that good. But then the, the next pitch he throws, he throws, a, he, he throws a slider away. And I'm like, ooh, respect. Like, I'm getting a breaking <laughs> ball. Like, all right. Like, all right. So I'm going to – I think it's a 1-1 count or 2-1 count or it was. And he throws a ball. It's coming right at me. I mean, it <laughs> hits me, like, right above the belt, in, like the lower back, whatever. I wasn't mad. I was more confused it hit me and I was like oh my god that hurt like god dude that he threw that so hard and I'm like walking slow to first like whatever like throwing the bat over there looking at him I'm like why would you hit me in the back with a heater and I, it was Jordan Yamamoto like I know him
0: a dog yeah I'm
1: like look I'm like looking at him I'm like you kidding me and I looked at the scoreboard it's just 74 miles an hour was a curveball <laughs> And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there hurting like I just got hit with a Raldis Chapman. And I'm like, oh my God, it's hurt. Not to mention it caught part of the belt too. So I just looked like the little kid that gets hit in little league and is like on the ground crying. I didn't get on the ground. I immediately jogged to first base and stuff. But you could see I was like wincing like a little child. Like I just
0: I need to find this video.
1: I I gotta find it because it was it was it was tough. But I did it. I, I
0: he was probably looking at you like, what are you talking about, dude? Was a, I'm, was like, going, was a curve I'm
1: like throwing the throw the battle. I'm like walking like not towards him, but like across the cut of the grass, like kind of like a out to yeah. the first base. I'm like looking at him, I'm like, dang Jordan, like come on. God, that's I'm like I'm already getting beat like on the mound. I don't need to get beat at the plate too, like literally beat. <laughs> yeah. And oh. like I look at the scoreboard around it's like seventy-four or something. I'm like. 74, 77, whatever. I was like, it felt like 100. Meanwhile, you got guys. You know, I just found out yesterday. You know, Bradley Zimmer wore 101 from Chapman off like the ribs and just yeah. walked right to first base. I know,
0: exa- I know exactly what I thought you're talking about too. He literally just he, he literally ate the ball like he it hit he, him. and he's He just, just like, ate it.
1: Ate it. Yeah, Zimmer wore he just ate it, and I'm like, how on earth did he do that? Like, I wore 77 that caught part of my like belt. <laughs> And you die. Yeah, like I had like I had like a little welt for the afternoon, and then tomorrow it was like it wasn't even there. I'm like, it sucks. Like, yeah, I was probably the one time I can say at the plate I looked like a little leaguer. <laughs> I don't know of anything else that I I looked bad. I mean, maybe and there's a few times in AAA like uh, the games I've gotten to hit or put some good swings on stuff. Like um, the next day, be I'll sell out heater and just get like a fat curveball and like swing out of my shoes uncomfortable
0: dude i i love those i love that when pitchers come up i honestly like everyone hates obvious like the fact that pitchers are hitting again i for an entertainment perspective yes it's not that good but it's electric to see like zach Granky at the dish bro like he, and even guys like it's just funny to see pitchers hit man it's hilarious some of the yeah games.
1: i had- yeah, the only other time I can think of that was tough is I'm mean, we're in El Paso and the ball flies. And I hit a ball good to, to center field. Like I, the right center, I was like, oh, I, dude, I just hit a bomb. Like I got all of that one. So I'm looking at the, I turn to the dugout, throw the bat off, cool. Like I just hit a bomb. And the guy catches it on the warning track against the wall. And I was just like heartbroken because I just pimped a homer off another pitcher. And I'm like, the warning track, warning track power fly out, and I'm like, Yeah, well, yeah, I gotta have to throw, I'm gonna have to throw that guy a fastball because, like <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta got
0: groove him one, you gotta groove one. And that Padres team you were on was just insane. I mean, that was like kind of the start of Slam Diego, right? You had Tatis behind you, you had Haas Murat first. Had, it was just, a, it was yeah, a wagon had, of a team. I
1: had, yeah, I had Manny, I had Tatis, I had Haas, I had. Kins, who was awesome in the clubhouse and stuff, and awesome for the boys. Um, Greg Garcia was phenomenal. Ty France, guy mashes baseballs. Unbelievable. Um, I had Renfro, Fran Mill, Reyes, and uh, yeah, I had Austin Hedges, too. Hedges was awesome. Um, he's one of my catchers now, same yeah. with Fran Mill being the outfield, and then I think we had Manny Margot in center. That team has obviously changed quite a bit, but you know there were some guys that could they could really bang on that team. Uh,
0: when did you know when, like, when did you know Tatis was going to be nasty though? Like, like when I
1: play with him. When I play with him in Fort Wayne, it's just absurd. The guy changed. <laughs> I played with him all through the minor leagues. It's just like the guy's a video <laughs> game. He's not fair. I love. I love Toddie. What was talk, the What was the moment though? Too.
0: Like what did you? Was there a specific moment you saw him like, or just like a play where he looked like he was god at shortstop or in, in the box or anything like that?
1: Yeah, uh, as far as shortstop, yeah, not to mention, if you go through the video of my debut, if you take Tatis away from short, just take him away from short. (laughs) I I was gonna say that. Put put anybody anybody else at short. I mean, I I would say anybody besides maybe Seager, Frankie Lindor, like, you know, just don't put Tatis there. My debut has an L in the column. Not a W with no runs. It is absurd, the stuff that guy did that game. But it was like in low A. Like, we're in Fort Wayne. It's cold. Like, you know, it's low A, man. And a great place to play, though. Phenomenal. But uh, line drive hit off the bat. Scorcher. And Tatis is already, like, before I could turn, he's just midair. Like, I mean, like he was floating. And then just up, floating. And then like catches the ball but instead of laying on his feet like he lands in like a push-up position kind of like he just got he was and he's done stuff like that all the time catching the short fly ball into the left like laying out some of the things this guy did was just unbelievable and not to mention like yeah he can come off as a little arrogant on the field and stuff but if you sit down and talk to him for two minutes like you understand he's the nicest kid in the world he's just happy to play ball like the guy's the guy's amazing like he's, he's so good he's if, if if san diego doesn't lock him up for like 15 years for i don't know a billion dollars they're they're <laughs> idiotic i would legitimately it. give him a billion dollars and i know you know i mean obviously after bauer signing this kid the the you know the, the market's gone up quite a bit in the last 24 hours so i think Tatis is definitely deserving of a billion dollars do
0: you do you see a world where Tatis gets more than like Mike Trout just based on the fact that he's more marketable and will do like these PR stuff like MLB the show or, or just like streaming yeah, and all that
1: yeah I mean I love what Mike Trout's doing as far as like he only does certain things promotional wise because he yeah. really cares about his career and stuff and that's yeah. just how how trout has been but Tatis Yo, that's everybody's some everybody's favorite player. Not that Trout isn't, but like that's the shortstop. That's the the young kid that people look up to, as far as Latin culture and American. Like everybody's looking at him. Um, he's the one of the most marketable players in the game. He's so down to earth. Takes care of everybody in his home, his city, his country, his family. Like he's just dude. He is it. Like if you were to put stuff together and be like. What do we want our ideal guy to look like as a perennial like lifetime future Hall of Famer? You know, I'm just pulling up Fernando Tatis. Like he's yeah. unbelievable. Who's one and guy?
0: Not, or what were you gonna say? What were you gonna say?
1: I was just gonna say I just still can't believe we threw James Shields at that time to the White Sox for Fernando Tatis. Like that is just Unbelievable. Do
0: you think that White Sox GM still boozes and just drinks his brain away to think I traded maybe the best shortstop in baseball for James, Sh- like for James, Sh- like an old and in people forget James Shields was old at that time. Like he was like a little bit deeper into his career. Isn't that one of the craziest trades ever?
1: It hurts, man. Like, I don't know how he feels. And I know that happens a lot in business. Like, there's certain things that happen at certain times. Yeah, yeah. Certain people wish they'd trade or didn't trade. But, like, dude, that is, like, I mean, I, I the, from the second I met Toddy, as soon as that trade was over, like, for spring training, right, like, he was unbelievable. Like, he played really, really well, had all this talent. It's like, did they not have any – idea did Tatis just not go to the field was there someone else named Fernando <laughs> Tatis was but the rumor was he was like 5'11 and then when he came back six months later after the trade he was like 6'3 and I'm like Jesus well maybe Christ. he wasn't playing that well but like like this guy is a- unreal bro like he like this guy is just the best player i've ever seen like he dude, skips high a goes to double a double a wasn't hard enough for him skips triple a goes to the big leagues dominates it's like okay well, let's get another league for this guy like
0: ex- exactly yeah he i mean he could just dominate he's gonna dominate wherever he goes and he's gonna obviously be a dog this year as well but who's one guy in the league that that you have had the most success against where you're like damn man like i'm doing i do i like for instance like let's say you get out boba like Boba Bichette's 0 for 4 lifetime against you. Who's one guy that's 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 not that good lifetime against you, but is like a like a massive part of the game of baseball?
1: Ooh, gosh, I wish I had a ton of those guys that got out a lot to say that. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think of the guys I pitched against this well, year. Who's one
0: guy you got out where you're like, I can't believe I just got this dude out?
1: There's a few that, I mean, in spring training, I've had like Trout and Pujols' number, like that, was always awesome to me. was having having their numbers and punching them out, and or in Trout's case, getting him to ground out multiple times. That was pretty pretty fun. But uh, I got Yelly I mean, I got yelly a lot. I got um, shoot, man. Like as far as uh, Chris Davis, I mean, with the Orioles, yeah. at least that was like. A guy I watched forever. I, I, I've done pretty well against him. Um, Bryce Brents. I know that doesn't sound creative. I pitched against him so many times, and, like, I was such a big fan of Bryce. and um, He had a pretty decent year his last time when he was playing in the big leagues. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the – oh, uh, Mike Yastrzemski.
0: Oh, uh, the son, the son of, uh, yeah yeah, uh Carl Carl,
1: say, yeah. yeah. So I pitched against a lot of him in the, in the minor leagues with, he, he was with Sacramento and stuff. And I have gotten, I've, I've done so well against him except for one AB. Um, and he winded up hitting a fastball, 106 off my left forearm. <laughs> and it put, it took me out of the game immediately. I was, I'd never been hit that hard by a ball in my life. Um, <laughs> But I tried to hide it, like I could throw the rest of the inning. I wound up walking two guys and then throwing my split change every time because that's the only thing I could feel in my hand.
0: Yeah.
1: So I threw that like six times in a row to get somebody to ground out, and then I go in the dugout and they're like, "Oh, let's check it out." I was like, "Oh no, hit me in the hit me in the bicep. I'm good." And they're like, "Your forearm looks big." I was like, "No, it's just the sleeve." And our manager screams at me, "Take the sleeve off!" And they take the sleeve off my arm, <laughs> and my arm just boom, swells up. <laughs> But, yeah, it was, like, after a 30-pitch inning, like, we just got to – we were at their place, and we put up four or five runs on them. They had a long inning. So, like, you know, normally when your pitcher has a long inning, you take a couple pitches, right? Like, it's kind of yeah. like a baseball thing. But, you know, Mike Yastrzemski apparently thinking ahead he goes, oh, he's probably going to groove one here because they're not – they're going to want me to take pitches. And, you know, I throw a fastball, you know, thigh high down the middle, and he hits it right off my forearm. And I was like, this is – like I wanted to scream at him because I'm like, you know, un- not an unwritten rule, but like, you know, your pitchers had a long inning. You should be swinging first pitch, but you know, don't like it. Don't throw it there.
0: Exactly. So. No, exactly. But dude, you, you played, you played with Naylor who I grew up playing against. I actually get bad dreams about facing that guy. When I was a kid, that guy was a freak.
1: Whoa. Is I played on he- lot of something travel ball. I'm telling you right now, Josh Naylor, write it down, pin it up. James Karen check will agree with me sitting down here on the other side of my couch. Josh Naylor will have it will be one of the best, like one of the best hitters on the Indians this year. Like the dude is so good, so good dissecting hitters. His he works so hard. Like the dude's nasty. Like he's a freak. He's sitting up. We're throwing. I'm throwing live BP's to him and stuff. And like before I come set, he's sitting there telling me where what I'm going to throw and where I'm going to throw it. He's like, like I'm coming set. Like I'm not tipping pitches, nothing. He's like. He goes, he goes, you better not throw that fastball up and in again. And I'm like, there's no way he actually was, he actually thinks like is, is sitting on this right now. It's exactly what I was doing. Throwing a fastball up and in at 92, hit my spot, and he hits it in the right center field gap. And I'm like, I would just ask him, like, how do you think that's coming? He goes, well, you threw three sliders in a row that had me reaching. So I just bet on the fact that you wouldn't throw a fourth one in a row. He goes, so if I'm you, throw it again. But I guessed you weren't going to do it. And he threw a heater up and in. I was like, Dude, beyond impressive. Bro. I don't know, so I, don't know
0: I don't know if he told these stories when he was a kid, but dude, when this guy was 14, I'll never forget this. He showed up to like a major league scout day in Toronto. And there was a kid on the mound pitching, throwing 94, 95. And Naylor's like 14. And Naylor hits a nuke off of a light pole in like right field, shatters the light pole, bro. And he's 13. And, not, and then he got the call. I think it was a year later. He got the call to play for Team Canada, like the, the junior national team when he was like 14 years old. He's disgusting, he's disgusting. Dude,
1: dude, the kid mashes, he's a phenomenal ball player. He is, he's gonna have a really good year and he's a really good dude too, so. And you saw I mean, what he did Cole. in San Diego. <sighs> the, guy, the guy can hit man, flat out can hit he works his, he works his tail off in the outfield. He's a really good first baseman too. You know, people don't realize N- Nails has a cannon for an arm too. You throw like
0: 95 and we were like 18 years old just disgusting just a freak of nature man but you mentioned playing it's in Cleveland cool. and, and and in Cleveland you guys had some dogs one of the dogs is Tristan McKenzie who who I've been vouching to come on this podcast for literally months I I, I don't know what I have to do to get this lad on the podcast but I'm working my ass off for him what's it like playing with T-Mac bro because I saw him on her Instagram story yesterday so he's
1: obviously yeah one of your yeah. Boys. yeah T-Mac's the homie man I'm really happy for him he's a uh Phenomenal dude, on and off the field. Obviously, a really good pitcher. It was so awesome to be sitting in the uh, uh, in the in the bullpen that day when he debuted. So I'm in the bullpen, and they're like, "Hey, Logan, you're long relief today. And, you know, it's his debut. Like, you know, you never know what can happen." And I said, I, put, "I kicked my feet up. My shoelaces were still loose on my cleats. I'm like, I'm like, nah, dude, watch. Like, what do you mean?" I said, "I said, as long as he controls his breathing and keeps his, keeps his, you know." hard on control he's gonna go he's gonna go six shotty or six shotty with 10 he's gonna punch out at least 10 like i'm telling you like just sit here and watch six innings later my feet are in the exact same spot have not moved <laughs> looking at my teammates like told you my like, kids nasty we've known each other for a long time since in florida and um my mom adores tristan um they uh, they used to always get like talk and stuff whenever we were playing against him and this and that so it was um it was really nice to see his success and stuff. But, you know, he's a big deal now. T-Mac's a big deal, but we got to get him on the podcast.
0: We got, we got to figure something out because I don't know if you know Juan Hillman. Do you know Juan Hillman? He's in your organization.
1: I know I know went, I know Hilly well.
0: I told Hillman. I was like, Hillman, listen here. Like, I'm an electric dude. Humble brag, by the way. I'll send you a video of me talking and just send this to Tristan. I'll say, Tri- I pretty much vouched for this podcast. I'm assuming Hillman didn't send it to him because this guy, I mean, like I said, I'm trying to get this guy on the podcast. But that's besides the fact, man, I mean, this year, you, Shane Bieber, you got, you got a front-row seat to, to see what that freak of nature was doing on the mound. What Talk about him, bro. I mean, what, 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 what separates him from other pitchers in the league? Because he's, this, he's a freak. It pisses me off how good he is.
1: It is beyond eye-opening to watch him do what he does. He doesn't miss a spot. He doesn't – the dude just doesn't miss, man. Like ever. Like his spot, like he just throws everything where he wants it when he wants to, and that's a token to his work and his work ethic. He 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 busts his tail and it's beyond impressive, dude. It is insane. Like the stuff that he does is just it's a it's another level of dominance, man. It's uh it's unfair. Like I feel so bad for some of these hitters that gotta go in there and they're like, Well, Beaver's starting a day. It's like, they have this plan on how to try to try to hit him, and they follow the plan and still don't hit him. It's like, I just, you know, it's gotta be frustrating, but having a front row seat to see what Shane was doing is really special. And, um, you know, hopefully he continues his, his success. Like I know he will. And like, even this off season, it was, you know, it wasn't about pitching the same way and doing the same thing. Obviously he was doing a lot, right, but he was already on to what, what else he could work on with what he's got right now. And, next step to making him better so um uh, it, it was beyond exciting to have a front row seat
0: he's a cash cow for me like because i'm a gambling guy he's a cat you just bet the shane bieber strikeouts every game and you he pays my rent like he, he's a, he's a dog bro he's what what would what would you say was his best start this year that you got to see because he had so many but some of them for me it was just like when he, i think he had like 13 punches against so i'm trying to remember who
1: 13 or 14 I think it might have been against Pittsburgh or check how many... when uh, Shane had that crazy punch out was it 15 punch outs huh do you know who it was against no I'm talking like this past season he had like Fourteen against, yes, the, twins. the
0: twins. That's when it's like that it was one. just like you don't deserve to be in the box against me. What is he like after a start like that, bro? Is he is he like a is he does he have a chip on his shoulder or is he kind of like that Marcus Stroman type where he's like I'm a dog, like watch me work.
1: He's just like watching it. Watching that game was just like unbelievable. But like as soon as the game's over, like everybody's telling him good job and stuff. But he's not in the he's not in the clubhouse, being arrogant, cocky, talking about his stuff. He's just next day. You know, next day, shit's over. What's next? Here we man, go. What like, a goat, it's bro. Imp- it's beyond impressive, bro.
0: And you play for one of maybe the most electric managers in Major League history. I, I mean, we'll, we'll say that. He just – he jaws at umpires. He's an electric dude. Terry Francona, man, what's it like playing for Tito?
1: Um, it's it's humbling, man, just because of uh, being around a guy like that who takes baseball – and relationships and stuff. So seriously, like I was very intimidated uh, when I got traded about talking to you because that's like, that's Terry Francona, that Tito, like, and, and he's an awesome dude, a great, uh, amazing guy to play for. Uh, the best part of it is he's, he's straightforward with you. He doesn't, he doesn't, um, he, he doesn't beat around the bush. Like he tells you like what needs to happen as far, even to reporters and, um, you know, media and stuff like he's, he's as honest there as he is behind closed doors with us. And, um it's something to be truly admired he's a legend and it's gonna be pretty awesome one day to say that 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 i'm playing for you know terry francona or i've played for terry francona in my career
0: and the reason why i like terry francona is he packs the biggest bombs i've ever seen in my life like his dips are i want to run through a brick wall for that guy what's your funniest story about tito because this guy is a walking soundbite
1: He's awesome. There's a lot of, a lot of really good stories about Tito and all his jokes and stuff like um, stuff he does in the dugout with our assistant coaches and bench coach and stuff. It's, it's awesome. I just love every day. He plays a, he plays a prank on our, like every day it's the same thing. Barney, um, uh, one of our coaches, he'll put water on his seat that's white and then wait for him to sit down like in the dugout before the game and just soaks him and stuff. But you know, he's, awesome bro and especially with his humor and stuff how he's dealt with all the medical stuff he's gone through and stuff like making you know making light of it and stuff even though we know he was you know he was fighting pretty hard with stuff so it was um dear just a really good time a really good manager and and really does care about his players
0: yeah that's the kind of guy you want to play for though man i mean that guy's like a blue collar just salt of the earth dude bro like he, he he – you know he'll go to battle for you. I mean, have you seen any of his famous arguments with the umpires? Like, have you been front row for that shit ever?
1: I've never been front row personally to it, but I have seen them over the years for a very long time, <laughs> especially growing up loving watching the Red Sox and stuff.
0: He, yeah, he's a legend. So a couple more things here. Obviously, the second last thing I wanted to bring up is you're obviously competing for a Spartan the starting rotation. Is that correct? Because you're, you're already he's there the right now grinding. What would you say – I mean – is one thing that you need to, I guess, change in the way you pitch to make yourself an everyday starting pitcher in that top five for the Cleveland Indians.
1: Well, it's really simple, man. I went through this Indians pitching program, and it was, uh, you know, learning these the mechanics and, and using your body the right way. And then once I got that done early this offseason, it was just pitch, man. My stuff's been absolutely disgusting since I've done all this, um, all these things with analytics and everything like that, like. So for me right now, it is, I have this new slider that I uh, incorporated starting at the end of last year and it's taking that slider and honestly throwing it to both sides of the plate. Like, you know, I, I even put the video on my Instagram yesterday, like just tidbits of it and stuff. And, you know, I've been punching everybody out left, right and sideways with it. So it's um, something I'm looking forward to is, is kind of throwing that to both sides of the plate and then taking everything I've learned with these mechanics and just dominating heaters up in the zone and um honestly man just throwing strikes throwing good strikes that's all I'm really missing that the last couple years I've kind of picked around the zone and tried to be too fine like dude, I didn't realize how good my stuff truly was uh until I I started working with the Indians and stuff so you know once I got a, a read for how good my pitches and profiles and stuff play um it's like, man, I don't really have to do much, man. It's just take what I've learned right now and just go out there and dominate just Bulldog and, um, you know, just pitch my game. I don't have to do anything special. I just got to go out there and do my thing. And if I do that, I'll, you know, I'll make this team with with zero doubt in my mind.
0: Oh, yeah. So you're saying right now you're a stock. You should be buying into the Logan Allen stock and I'll just dump my account on that shit.
1: Dump it in there, man. A lot of people are... Uh, <laughs> are buying the other side of that and and that's fair but um you know a lot a lot of people are going to be very surprised here in a few weeks when um they see all the changes and things that i've made as well as other players
0: can you say this is the one of the most electric baseball podcasts on the planet just like musgrove did all the all the boys
1: oh absolutely it is definitely one of the most electric baseball podcasts on the planet that's definitely the the easiest one I've uh, I've done.
0: But this is the last thing I want to bring up here because I'm I, I'm a big minor league guy. I love talking about the minor leagues. I love hearing about the minor leagues. I love hearing stories. What would you say is the funniest story from your minor league career?
1: Funniest story from my minor league career. Wow, there's a lot of good stuff there. Um oh man. Um I don't know. I mean, there's some bad ones as far as playing in Clinton, Iowa or Beloit and Dude, you know, changing uh, on that. Dude, I the... was
0: hoping you wouldn't mention that because we, like I always say this, every single episode I ask, what's the worst town you've played in? Clinton, Iowa and Beloit. I'm going to
1: get sued by They're the owner, like the mayor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, yeah, like just different, different part of the town. There's a dog food factory and one of, uh, behind one of them, I remember that, so it always smelled bad, but funniest oh, like a
0: fan man. hackling you cops getting involved any of that stuff because they're obviously the, the most popular story here
1: is ex- oh yeah i got a good one so we're in lake lake elsinore california i'm in the dugout literally doing nothing that day and a broken bat goes flying into the dugout so I'll, they put it up next to me on the ledge to take like by the trash this kid come down comes down and goes can i have that broken bat and i said uh i was just the end of like the broken bat, like it was sharp, like splinters everywhere. I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. I can't, I can't give this to you. I don't want, um, you know, I don't want you, I don't, I don't want you to uh, like stick yourself with it. I don't want you to get hurt. I can't, I can't give this to you. I'm sorry, but I can get you a ball and all that. And he's like, I don't want it. And goes it back up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like I tried. Two seconds later, I got a, a dad cussing me out at the back of my head, like behind me. I'm like, excuse me, sir. He goes, Oh, your my son. You were going to stick him with the bat. I said, what? And he's like screaming at me. <laughs> Are you calling my son a liar? I was like, well, he's like seven years old, but I'm not calling your son a liar. I didn't, I didn't say that to your son. So would you say you're a liar? I'm like, dude, I told him I wasn't going to let him get stuck with the bat. And then he just kept going out. He's obviously drunk. And I just started screaming. I was like, hey, why don't you go mix in a water? And go sit back in the seat. <laughs> and I sit down. And the dude's trying to climb over the like the fence right there by the dugout to, like, I don't know what he would have done to me. But he, he didn't get the chance. I was just like, look, I was like, dude, I didn't, dude thought I was going to, I told a kid, a little kid, as a professional baseball player sitting in the dugout, and that I was going to stick him with a broken bat. And the guy was so drunk that he really, like, I don't know, he was either drunk or whatever, but he let, he let his son convince him that that's really what happened and that I was calling his son a liar. Damn. So that, was, that was the most interesting story I had. The guy waited for us after the game, walking back to the car. He's, like, out there, like, cussing me out and stuff. I'm like, this is a joke, man. I just offered his kid a ball instead of a bat that could have given him a splinter. And <laughs> it, it seemed like I was trying, I was trying to stab a little kid. That's really, <laughs> that's what I was trying to do.
0: That's so fucking funny, man. That's electric. What, what a way to end the podcast. Thank you so that's much for hopping on guy. this podcast. I really appreciate it, man. You're a
1: dog. Awesome, man. Let's talk soon. Thanks for everything, man. Talk soon. <laughs>